Okay, today's date is Monday, April 22nd. This is Jeffrey Harris reporting for 411 Mania. This is the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast, and I've always wanted to do this. It's me, it's me, it's the J to the E to the double F E, and today I am riding with that B-A-double-D, the living legend, the WWE Hall of Famer, the badass Billy Gunn. Billy, how does it feel to now... I thought that was the perfect speech for, for you guys as a group. Did you get a kick out of Triple H's jokes and, and that little exchange? Because that, I think, was definitely the highlight for a lot of fans uh, yeah, for that I mean, night. It's, it's, I mean, come on. It's not a secret. Right. We all, know, we all know what's going on. We all know what's happening. It had nothing, you know, yeah, it's funny and everybody's going to react to it. And it's not, you know, it's not taboo because everybody's going, well, you work for AEW now. How can you be in the Hall of Fame? It's not about working for WWE. It's about being recognized as a part of wrestling, as being one of the greatest things that ever happened to wrestling. So, yeah, it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. It was well done. It wasn't by no means meant to hurt either or feelings, either AWE's feelings or WWE's feelings. But you can't walk around like it's not something well it's like dx it's not, like it's not happening right? billy it's dx i think i would be more upset if something wasn't referenced because it's yeah. it's D, that that is the dx playbook you know and i think in the spirit of degeneration x i think you guys had to say something yeah, instead of dancing around you know, it and i thought it was and i thought it was done very tastefully so it was it was some good funny stuff it was it was yes you're right it's typical dx stuff you shoot at something and then you try to knock it down so <laughs> so yeah it was good but did you know triple h was going to say something or, or we, what we had some stuff okay. that we were going to we were going to go to you know it was you know we we like we, every time we had this, like, we had a couple calls before the Hall of Fame just to kind of figure stuff out. Right. But none of it came true. Like, it, it's not, because it doesn't work like that for us. It never has worked like that for us. We've always just been, hey, you point us in the direction. We're going to go there. We have no idea what we're going to do. So when you start when you start planning stuff out, the, the, 
it takes away from what we are, you know, because a lot of like I feel that's what a lot of things are doing right now. You're planning a bunch of stuff out. So when something organic happens, you don't react to it because it's not in the script. And we've never, ever have we been ones to go by the script. Now, now transitionally, uh, excuse me, transitioning a little bit over to AEW in your role as head coach. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Like right now, do they want to have a training facility or sort of home base uh, for things like that, or is that still a work in progress? I think that's still a work in progress. We're still just trying to get our feet under us and head for double or nothing and get that under us. And um, I think there's a small place in Atlanta right now, but it's not a not a not a definite training facility. I think all that comes because there's still other things that are more important than a training facility. You know what I mean? So, so that is not high list on the priority of things to do. I think you, you in this role is a perfect choice because you've done it all. You've seen it all. You've been everywhere. So I think you, you know, the wealth of knowledge and experience you have is so invaluable to, uh, to up and coming talents. Now, I'm just curious, from your perspective, do you think maybe wrestling talents today, are they too focused on doing crazy moves or spots and maybe less focused on telling a story or developing their characters or developing, you know, that total package and creating that whole atmosphere? You need to be a superstar. Yeah, you said it. That's exactly what it is. They're so they're so more worried about their wrestling and how many flips and dives they can get in and by and by all means i think this is the main reason that AEW chose to bring me in is i don't live in the past i'm not a i'm not a hey back in my day i don't do that i don't go to these kids hey you don't have to do any of that because back in my day wrestling changes okay it, it it evolves it gets kids do more crazy things they get more athletic and, and i'm not opposed to it what i am opposed to is that they just focus on the guy that's in the ring and and ignore the people that paid to see them. So when you do that, I'm going to see the exact same match, match after match, because they're so worried about getting all their stuff in. I've got to get all this in, and it's not going to make any sense, and I'm not going to tell a single story, but I'm going to out-wrestle you and show you how many crazy things I can do. Well, that's awesome, but it's very forgettable. Like, I, when I go on TV, I don't want to be forgettable. I want to be the one that they remember the most. So, and I think that's where I'm going to come in is kind of, is to help them arrange stuff to where, and I'm not opposed to doing any of this stuff, but you have to do it for a reason. You can't just do it just because you can do it. I mean, I can do a backflip, but I'm never going to do a backflip because there's no rhyme nor reason for it. Now, if there ever comes a time for me to do a backflip in the middle of the ring, in the middle of a match, I'll do it. But it'll be a highlight. It'll be a highlight moment because I don't ever do it, and people don't expect that from me. No. So, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So it's so I just think it's it's I think it's not taking I, by no means am I wanting to take any of their stuff away. Or are we taking any of their stuff away? It's just it's just rearranging things a little bit, so it makes sense. I'd like to get your opinion on this. One thing I think is really underrated. Uh, excuse me, underrated in wrestling is facial expressions and just continue, continuing to sell that character in the transitional moments when like when there's really nothing going on and you're right. continuing to, to sell your character and to sell your gimmicks, so to speak. And I think that's something you know very well and, and, can, and can impart very well. 
Yeah, I think it's. I think they just they miss moments, right? That, and especially, especially when you know when TV kicks in and you're shooting stuff. I want to see what it means to you. That way, I can feel what you're feeling because I don't do the things that you do. So facial and body expressions. The hardest thing for people for. I think people to do is to sell right and to do nothing without doing something like they always have to be doing something. They have to be hitting somebody a hundred times or moving around all over the place and not like they don't know what to do without doing anything. I know that sounds weird, but in wrestling terms, it's very, (laughs) it's very significant, but I think that's the problem. They just go from they go from moment to moment and blow through it, which in turn, if I don't have any emotion or I don't have any connection to you, and that's how I connect to you, feeling what you feel, do what you do, not physically, but emotionally. And when I'm an emotionally invested in what you're doing, the sky is the limit, and that's how you become a superstar. It's hard to believe this was actually a little over five years ago now, but in early 2014, you and uh, Road Dog had a little bit of a reunion and a comeback for the New Age Outlaws. You guys had a nice little run with uh, the unified tag team titles. I was always curious, how did that run back in 2014 come about? Well, it was just because I got hired back at the Performance Center, um, so like I, and then I was hired at the performance center and then nobody told the performance center I was hired and nobody told me, but I was getting paid and I was <laughs> under, underemployment. <laughs> and then they go, and then I, I think what happened is the, the tag teams were getting a little lackadaisical and nobody really cared. And, and what the road warriors job was for us when we were coming, when we were just starting out to help move us up is the same thing that we did with the Usos and every and the rest of the tag team division. It was just to work with them, to get eyes on them, because it was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a dummy. So I know what it was. And I'm cool with helping talent because that's what I do, and I do it really well. So I think it was just, one, it was a feel-good moment for people that had kids that were watching it now to, to sit there and have a moment with their kids that goes, Hey, this is what I grew up watching. Now you're watching this, but this is what I grew up on. And it's a cool little feel good moment. So that's kind of what it was. And then all of a sudden they put the tag team titles on us, which I don't know where that came from, but it, it was cool. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Anytime I get to do stuff with Road Dog, it is so much fun. That's all we do is we show people, Hey, this is fun. If you let it be fun. And I think you guys had a very good series of matches with Cody Rhodes and Goldust, especially that amazing cage match, which yeah, was, was it was a lot of fun. That was a, that was a fantastic match. Was that how you sort of forged your relationship with Cody Rhodes, or w- were you friendly before then? I'm curious. Yeah, no, I, I've always you know I, I don't really have any enemies in this business because I've you know I've cleaned up my act a little bit. <laughs> um, so, um, no, I, I mean, we've always, we've always gotten along good. Um, um, I think when they started developing all this and I was kind of, I guess what you call a free agent, they all, it was unanimous between them and the young bucks and to bring me in, which is so, like, that's, that's so exciting, um, to know that at, you know, that this stage of my career that people actually think that highly of me, I know it's weird, but it's, it's kind of cool that, you know, the first name on the list to get things done was me. 
so that was super awesome, and I am very appreciative of that. In the modern era of wrestling, WWE has sometimes not had the best, I guess I would say, relationship with tag teams and, I guess, knowing what to do with tag teams. But I think New Age Outlaws as an act was definitely one of the hottest acts in the company, and I think easily a hot main event level act. Um, can yeah, you I do too. I, yeah, yeah, that's been a thing with WWE. They're, they, it's almost like tag teams are just the, like the sideshow. Right. They're the bearded lady and the strong guy that picks up stuff. They're not the you know they're not the tiger or the elephant act. <laughs> they're they're, they're kind of, we're kind of the sideshow. But I think after all the 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 push that came behind me and Brian or being I call him Brian because he's office now, so he's no longer known as Road Dog. Um, but I think you had to take notice. I mean, you really did, especially with what we were doing. We were getting so hot at the time and then joining DX, and that's what we were. We were a tag, and I think it got super hot, and I think that I think there's a place. They've always been so focused on the world title that they've never like really put any emphasis on the tag titles, but I feel that's kind of coming back around a little bit um, with all the tags that they have up there, and um, yeah, I just feel that me and Brian kind of lit a fire under them a little bit. Now, speaking on that, the moment that I think really cemented the Outlaws for me when I was a kid uh, watching WW, then WWF was, I think, February 1998 was the dumpster inc incident with uh, Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, where you guys put him in a dumpster and, like, shoved him off the stage. And that was, it was, it was different, and a whole lot of time was spent on that, and it was... It was sort of insane to watch that unfold on TV. Um, what do you remember about that moment, and did you think that was a big moment for your career? Yeah, the, the, I tell everybody that. Like when people ask me, they go, "Well, what's your favoriteest match, or what's your favoriteest moment, or what?" It's that because that that literally put us on the map. At, I don't know what it was. It was a different feeling after that night. It was a different vibe to what we were doing. Um, people were uh, like, it wasn't like the new age dumpster match. We actually tossed them like 12 feet off of a stage. So it was, it was a long way. And I think people, people were amazed at how crazy that was. And that, that's what it was. Like it literally made that made me and Brian. Was there, but there was there ever a moment for you guys as as a team or a unit where you thought, man, we're really clicking with DX, or we're really, uh, excuse me, really clicking with the Outlaws? And I mean, you guys would come out, and the crowd was just chanting along with every word they could. They could say every word of Road Dog's promo, and uh, it, it's rare to it's rare to see that even today. But do you, what, does anything? maybe other than the dumpster incident stick out for you in your mind, like, man, this is really working. We're really over. Uh, yeah. I, th I think, I think, like I said, after that people, yeah, they were just, they were goo goo over us because we were off. We did different stuff. It wasn't like for me and Brian, it was never really the wrestling. It was about how involved or how interactive can we be with the people? Hence Brian's whole front, monologue of what he always did and saying stuff like that was amazing and everybody in the building even the people that worked the building and were working security and working backstage they were also doing the same thing you know so they were all saying his stuff so like i 
like at the time, me and Brian were just having fun. We were lit, like, I, I don't know how to put it any other way other than we were having a whole lot of fun because I would go out and try to make him laugh. He would try to make me laugh. He would try to make the entire building laugh. And then he'd try to make everybody in the back laugh. It was never, it was never about our wrestling. And I think that's what attracted people to us to understand that when we came out, they were about to have a whole lot of fun. We were having fun, and you can join along if you want to. If you don't, that's your bad, not mine. <laughs> uh, I've also really been enjoying seeing more of you on Being the Elite. I think I, I just love that video series, and I love the sense of humor. And I, I think there was that one moment where you're sitting at a table, I, I think, with Hangman and Cody, <laughs> and you're the kind of intermediary. How do you like that kind of humor? And, I, I mean, I... I love it, but, you know, I, I'm I curious what it, you and, think. And the only backlash I got is from people saying that, hey, because it, it is, people have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. It's just having fun. And I understand, and I don't know how it offends some people, but I guess it does, because I literally just went, hang, man, you're fat. And it's not, it's, I don't mean it. <laughs> it's not, it's not for real. It's, it was just it was just a spoof. It was just to have some fun. And I, I love doing stuff like that because it's just different. It's not wrestling. I'm going to see 47 hours of wrestling. I want to see something that's entertaining. I want to see something that I can get involved with. I want to see something different. Yes, you still have to have wrestling because that's what it says on the marquee. But there's nothing that says I can't have some fun in between all that stuff. Now, I was there live for um, the NJPW, uh, for the New Japan shows, the G1 special, I think that uh, almost two years ago, and you were there for those shows, and I was just really impressed with the work you did that weekend and getting to have a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And, My favorite um, wrestler, by the way. I mean, man, I mean, man, I mean, you're still, I feel like you're still performing at a high level. And uh, how did you like getting to work, work with him? And I just, I think, I don't need to have like a, a five-star match of the year candidate every night. And I, ju I just want right. to, I want to be into it and involved. And I think you guys did that. So how did you like getting to work work with him that I, weekend? I, I, it's amazing. Like that was one of the things that I've always wanted to do. And I was lucky enough to go over and do the tag league um, for a month. And then I came back and did the, the Tokyo Dome show and then did the show after that. And then came back and they invited me to the G1 to do the six man the first night and work Tanahashi, which I think is amazing. He, he was super cool because he, that the only reason that came about is because he wanted to work me. I think, and it was all amazing and I loved it. And I loved new Japan. I think they're, they're an awesome organization. They treat people with respect and they're super cool. And the thing about them is they build the entire card. The only thing I wish maybe the second night when I worked Tanahashi is that we were placed at semi main. And after seeing all the, like they do some crazy stuff that just, but not that I can't do it. I just don't do it because it's not, it's not my style. Like, I don't, I don't need to do it. So I think a lot of the blowback was that we didn't have that kind of match that we all, we had, a, we had a match where we told a story. We had a match where it was him and me and trying to beat each other and telling a simple story. And I think the thing was, is being a Sima main event and you'd already seen, you know, you'd seen um, Kenny Omega and and uh, God, what was his name? But they just tore the building apart. Like every match 
was built to that. And I think we might have slowed it down, slowed the pace down a little bit. So I think that as a fan perspective, I completely understand that. Like, I understand that we're in such a flow and we're on such a high. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to tell me a story and you're going to go to regular wrestling. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to (laughs) do. It worked. I mean, it worked for me. And then and then I think that the same night we had um, because we had Kenny Omega and I think uh, Ishii and and they just beat the hell out of each other, I think, for 30 minutes straight. So. I, I enjoy I enjoyed the match and what you guys did. I thought it was a very good match. I do appreciate match. it. But do you know what I understand about a flow? Do you understand what I'm Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I, like, I, now, mind you, more people enjoyed it than didn't like it. But it's you get in a flow in the way that they were building that show because after us was Okada. And, I mean, that was amazing, too. So, I mean, it's it was just a flow. For me, I even I understood it. And I understood where people were coming from. But it wasn't – the match was not bad. The no. match was good, and it was solid, and it was exactly what we wanted to do. It just it kind of interrupted the flow just a little bit. Yeah, I have no regrets, not one, because I think he's awesome, and I wanted to work him so bad. <laughs> so it was really good. Now, I'm just curious. Do you think at all there's any bit in the um, online wrestling community with fans – Maybe are they not managing their expectations well for all elite wrestling? And are they maybe expecting a little too much? Or are they are, are no, is it right? You know what yeah. it is, is everybody that has a computer or a smartphone or whatever, right. they're all gonna they're all they all think they can weigh in on their opinions. And everybody has their opinions. I don't mind opinions, I love opinions, I think everybody should have one. But to go to the extreme and to like say really bad and negative things and and stuff that they really know nothing about they're just going to throw it out there just so oh maybe I'll get a response for this so let me see how ignorant I can actually be just to get a response well that's not really a way to get a response and and AEW is going to be what AEW is it's going to be something refreshing it's going to be a lot of fun you're going to see some different stuff other than WWE programming because that's all we have right now And it's going to be special. Nobody's going to put the reins on these kids. They're going to get to do what they do best. That's what they're getting hired for. I want you to do what you do. Yes, I'm I'm not going to put the reins on you, but I'm going to help you kind of put things together a little bit. Not just me, but everybody in general. And everybody in this company is headed for the same thing. We just want an alternative. We just want to have fun, and we just, and there's room for us to do that. Now, for Double or Nothing, by the way, I will be live at uh, Double or Nothing uh, oh, next awesome. month, by the way. I'm, I'm already set for that, and I'm very <laughs> excited. So I'm just curious, as head coach, will you have a role at Double or Nothing? Like, will, you, will we see your fingerprints on the event when we're watching? Um, you might. You might see more than my fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> You just might see me all over there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what they got for me. I know that I'll, you know, kind of be rounded up the back, um, helping everybody in the back. But I think there there might be a spot for me out there somewhere. Not sure what, but there might be. Are you Are you saying you're going to be working in the ring at uh, Double or Nothing? Are we going to see? I, I might be. Okay, might well, be. It's not been announced. It's not been announced yet. So don't anybody take that for. Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> so. and, al- and also over the weekend, we made the announcement that uh, Dustin Rhodes will be working the event and, and he'll be joining the company. Would you, would you say, is he officially a member of the roster now? 
I wouldn't say he's officially a member of the roster. I wouldn't say that. Okay. I would say that we're going to get Cody and Dustin in a match. Dream match, by the way. That's a dream you know match. I mean? And it's going to be really good. And and I think there's a there's a like for me, wrestling still has to have a story. You have to have something I can I can sink my teeth into, or I can get into. And this is something I can really get into. Now, I mean, not to bag on WWE, but I think it's good that there's something like an AEW around because it feels like now, you know, that wrestlers are getting opportunities to work outside and make a name for themselves outside of WWE. And I think that's good for the wrestlers and good for the business overall. Oh, it's great for the business. It's, it's some of these kids might not get opportunities. Not that they're not good. It's just they... Like everybody on planet Earth can't work for WWE, right? <laughs> like you just, you just can't. You might be able to get in the performance center, but you're not going to go to the main roster. That's just a fact. That's just the way it is. And everybody's not good. As much as everybody that laces up boots would love to go to WWE, they're not going to. And I'm not saying we're taking secondhand people either. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. This opens the door for you to showcase people that actually have talent that they're not that they're not showcasing there. And I think that we'll be able to showcase them, and a lot of people are getting a lot of opportunities. Now, what you do with that opportunity is your own, and you have to do something with it. It's not just given to you. You know what I mean? So you get an opportunity, and you have to grab the bull by the horns, the old saying, and, and go at it. Was it interesting that you got... Oh, sorry, my computer was acting up. That you got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame the same night as as Honky Tonk Man, considering you know you guys had a a relationship going. And and Tori, like oh, and Tori Wilson. It, it was like a who's who has Billy worked with. <laughs> it's quite. I think that's really cool that you guys all went in on the same night. Did you get to have some words with them backstage? Yeah, yeah, we talked. I'm gonna. Um, Tori is doing really good. She has this. Um, video that she does some um um exercise stuff some fitness stuff with and i i talked to her about maybe um hooking up with her and doing a couple things with her which would be super good she's so awesome honky's awesome too you know we were just me and honky were just thrown in a in a no-win situation so we were both combating against each other button heads and it wasn't because i didn't like him and it wasn't because he didn't like me it just we all knew it collaborative collaborative i guess that's the word i'm not very good with words if you know me um but it wasn't gonna work but we were trying to push through it and both of us just being miserable <laughs> well i mean i think it, i think it worked out in the long run for you because because i mean from there you joined <laughs> you joined yeah, up with road dog well i mean i think it works because i mean i think everything you know creates an opportunity and i think that night where you joined up with Road Dog and formed the New Age Outlaws, I mean that that was a, a significant turning point for you. And I'm and I'm not sure it wouldn't it would have would it have been the same had you not have been with Honky Tonk Man at that point. I'm not sure. So I think you know, I think it's just kind of everything happening for a reason and just, you know, seizing on those opportunities and turning points. And it I think it worked out for you in the long run. You're right. I mean, I, I think everything happens for a reason. I think being that I was going nowhere there and Brian was going nowhere there and then they go, well, let's just throw them together and see what we have there. And because me and Brian were working each other opening match every night and it was nothing like it was very mundane. Nobody cared. It was just kind of one of those things. 
But for some reason, when they put us together from night one, it was unbelievable. It just kept, it was one of those things that we were on the brink of getting fired. So it didn't matter what we did. So we just went, well, we're getting fired. So who cares what we do? What is it like? Like we're going to fire. So we might as well go out in a blaze of glory. But it was every night was more and more and more. And then you saw what happened. We get, we become one of the hottest tags of all time. I feel entertainment wise. And then we join one of the greatest groups, factions of all time. And then all of a sudden we're in the hall of fame. So it worked out pretty good. Now, now last question. Now, Growing up, was there ever a talent or performer in wrestling who really captured your imagination and sort of lit that fire under you, you that you knew you wanted to do this? No, because I don't know if you've ever heard, but I've never even watched wrestling wow. or never even knew what it was. Wow. I literally, I literally got into wrestling strictly because I had nothing else to do. I think that's, that's a pretty amazing story. And here like you- people, people literally think... You're out of your mind. You had to accept. No, I literally had. I never watched it. I thought it was silly, so I never. I never got into it. Um, I luckily Ron and Don Harris, some friends that I've known forever. Um, they were working up in Nashville in that territory. They came in my gym that I was working at and go, "Hey, have you ever thought about doing this?" And I said, "No," and don't ever ask me that again. And for some reason out of a whim, just like you said, just things happen. I happened to go to a ring with them one day and they beat the crap out of me. I mean, beat the life out of me for about three hours. And they go, what do you think? And I went, this is not it. This is not. <laughs> and they go, yeah. And then from there, from that moment on, I was hooked. I couldn't get enough of it. I, I, I think that's a pretty amazing story. And I don't think I ever <laughs> even knew that about you, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, congratulations on the WWE Hall of Fame um, in your new role as the head coach of AEW. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to get to Vegas in a few weeks to see that event, and I'll, I'll hopefully see you there. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This was awesome. And, ju- and just last I'm thing, glad, I'm glad you had some fun finally. <laughs> thank. Th- I mean, this is this is a drink. This is a real. This is a really like a bucket list moment for me. So thank you. And just uh, real quick, is there any any plugs or anything you want to share with the fans, like where they can reach you or where they can check you out yeah, online? You can get a hold of me on Instagram and Twitter. It's um, real Billy Gun. Um, I don't have a lot of stuff going on. I've got, you know, my son's in the business, Austin, if you want to follow him, um, Austin Gunn. He's he's his, he's going to be ridiculous. That kid is amazing. And I'm not just saying that because he's my kid. He is amazing. So other than that, and then go to Pro Wrestling Tees where all my shirts are at and, and, and support AEW because it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you. I have been riding today with that B-A-double-D. <laughs> This is the 411 Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much, Billy Gunn. Appreciate it, man. Have a great day. Bye bye.